0: we I hadn't even like thought about it. And in fact, we'd had um, a friend's day. um, In fact, my son's girlfriend a couple of weeks before I went vegan randomly. And I just thought, what am I going to feed her? I went to, (laughs) I went to the local shop and I said to someone, I said, I've got this vegan coming. I don't know what I'm going to feed her. Um, I said, I I don't know what I'm going to feed her. It's mental. And so I was like making these really weird concoctions of like avocado and whatever on taste and which obviously I love now, but I was just like, didn't know what to feed her. It's like this alien was (laughs) coming. It it was just like, um, and luckily the guy in the supermarket said, well, I'm vegan so I can guide you. I remember buying things like stuffed vine leaves thinking she'd like that. And it was just weird. It was just weird. I was just, it was like an alien person was coming. And then a (laughs) a couple of weeks later, literally I was out with my husband and we were having a, um, a a drink and we thought oh we'll pick up the dog and go to go to the pub um and my dog got a a stick stuck in her mouth and um it it looked like she'd done herself some damage but it it was Mm. it was nothing so one o'clock in the morning we'd moved to new house um so we um we're trying to find a vet at one in the morning my husband's like not happy he's like in tears he'd hate me saying that, but it was true. And I'm like, oh so the vet says, Yeah, it's gonna be like hundreds of pounds to even bring her down. So I thought, No, 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 nothing. Nothing's too much money for my dog, you know, that you know, like it it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Let's just get her down there. So I'm prepared to like spend, you know, thousands of pounds. It's one in the morning, got a crying husband, get there and they say, Oh, it's just a stick in her mouth and we take it out. But I get back home and um I took chicken out the freezer and I was like, why am I taking chicken out of the freezer? It was like a light bulb went on. Huh. It was like, oh my God, I'm going to spend 300 pounds on my dog. But then I'm taking chicken out of the freezer and it was instant. And I was like, what am I doing? This is so strange. So I instantly put the chicken in the bin um, and then just went to bed. Um, and then I got up in the morning and I thought, oh, something's happened to me. And I got up quite early and I, um, I started like looking at the internet thinking like what's veganism, you know, what's happened to me. I've, yeah. I've had this light light bulb moment. Um, and Joey Carbstrong was quite big in the news at the time. Uh-huh. And he'd um, been on Jeremy Paxman's show. And Jeremy Paxman had put like a, a ham sandwich out just to provoke him and stuff. So I started listening to a bit of Joey Carbstrong. Um, and then I listened to Gary Urofsky's um, uh-huh. The Best Speech Ever. Um, and so this is all like really early in the morning and about half past eight in the morning, um, Maybe half past nine. My husband got up, and I said, "Oh, I've gone vegan," and he's like, "Oh right, okay." (laughs) Like, and and eight years before, I'd found that I um I actually went sober because I'd been Mm -hmm. I'd started drinking too much. I work hard, and I'd started like you know like I don't know twelve o'clock at night. I was still having a big glass of wine. So he knows that like if I do something, I sort of like do it. Um. So um. I. Yeah, I went vegan. And I was like, I don't know what I'm going to eat. I didn't even like vegetables. So (laughs) I was like, right, I'm going to live on a plate of salad. So then started, like, the quest. So I sort of, like, go gung-ho and stuff. So by, like, lunchtime, I thought, right... Here's some meal plans I could do. Um, I think I discovered the stingy vegan first. I think it was like um, like pot meals, like you know, like right. food on a budget sort of thing. And and I thought her stuff, or their stuff, was great. So so literally, by about half past 10, 11 in the morning, I'd listen to some like earth shattering stuff. I'd watch some horrific videos that I had never seen before, and I thought, why is it taking me fifty years to actually get with the plan? Um, but literally, it came out of my dog having an accident, taking chicken out of the freezer. You know, and I think about, what What if I'd taken it out at a different time? <laughs> what if it hadn't made that connection? But that's exactly what happened. I yeah. didn't mean to go vegan. And and that's sort of like when I look at other people, I, I just always think that you never quite know what's going to be that thing that makes them do it or yeah. or is the last thing that tips them over. But yeah, mine was a completely random light bulb moment.
1: Do you, looking back, do you think you're... Your vegan visitor who you were, like, trying to get stuffed vine leaves for and stuff. Do you think there was something in either what they said or just their very presence that kind of registered something in the back of your mind and it kind of was then unlocked by the the incident with your dog?
0: Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, I remember asking her, I remember saying, what is it about veganism that, like what is it? Uh, t- tell me. And I remember that she couldn't quite explain, but it was something to do with dairy. I remember her mm. trying to explain mm. that she'd gone vegan for something to do with dairy. But I remember her not being able to explain in a nutshell. And it's it's quite often like that, isn't it? It's
1: yeah. It's
0: really difficult to explain in like a quick soundbite. But I'd expected her to give me this quick soundbite of like, you know, one second why I should go vegan. <laughs> um, but obviously that had set about me thinking about it um because obviously because of her i'd started looking at you know like diet stuff and meal stuff Mm. so so yeah maybe the catalyst catalyst was her coming and also she was really gorgeous and it sounds really weird (laughs) but not just gorgeous physically but just like a really kind soul she was a very gentle person so i think maybe that had an impact on me as well she was a very gentle person
1: do you think that that kind of not being able to articulate it in a soundbite do you think that's something that's stuck with you as a as a bit of a mission statement in your own how you show up or or or, or do you just accept it's complex and it's too difficult to do um... that?
0: I have this feeling that we're all going to go vegan, like for different reasons, you know, like that might be my, my, like my happy heart always full sort of thing. Um But I think that I, I know so many people who are still staunch meat eaters, but, you know, maybe they're coming at it from like the cruelty free beauty to start off with just as a start, you know, our thing, our thing at vegan happy, is always about kindness. You know, it's always about, mm. you know, understanding and compassion and, and like just understanding that people's journeys might be very different Um but yeah, I mean, like, I keep trying to think, is there a vegan like soundbite? Is there like a one-liner? <laughs> and there just isn't. It's such a complex issue. So I think we just, we just come at it from compassion. But I wish I had that soundbite. <laughs> I wish I had that, like, the one-liner that would just get everyone, you know? We keep thinking there's like one video that will make people change or one advert, yeah. you know? And of course, it's just, it's so complex. So we just try and look at it from, Complete compassion, complete kindness, and, and try and guide people if we can. Um, yeah, but yeah, but I think she, she probably did. She probably did more than she realized. I thought about reaching out to her since. It's a bit tricky because it's my son's ex girlfriend. So I haven't done it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I keep thinking about reaching out to her to think maybe like you actually probably did plant the seed with me. So um, after this, I'll probably do that.
1: <laughs> did, did the rest of the family go with you?
0: Um, yeah, so my husband went that day. So, um, so some, I reached out to some friends that were vegans on, um, Facebook and I said, look. Something weird's happened. I've, I think I've gone vegan. I just don't know what to do. And they said, listen to um, What the Health, uh, watch What the Health um, and Dominion. So that night um, we watched, because I, I stupidly thought I could still cook for my husband. I thought, I said to him, don't worry I've gone vegan, but right. I'll still make you steak. I'll still make your chicken. I'll, you know, you won't have a disruption. Um, and then that night, stupidly thinking. And then, <laughs> then that night I um, we watched What the Health and my husband's very health conscious. So within five minutes, he had said, right, well, I'm vegan now. Like, literally, <laughs> within five minutes, he said, I-, I can't eat it for for health. You know, we're now very much vegan for the animals. But uh, it didn't start out like that, which is why I've got this understanding of the journey. Um, he very much health conscious. You know, he's 50. He's very conscious that he wants to live a long life. You know, he yeah. watches his, you know, his shape and this sort of stuff. Um, so he says, right, well, I've gone vegan now. And then, of course, we watched Dominion after cried from like the first minute <laughs> yeah. through the whole thing um and which was sort of like which was like lit- you know literally that stake that drove through my heart that's mm. never left um so if ever there'd been any element that wasn't a vegan by the end of Dominion I was ruined you know mm. I was just ruined I think it's mm. the most powerful thing I've ever seen for me um Sorry, I'm actually getting quite emotional thinking about it. Yeah. You know, um in the filmmakers that make that should should be completely applauded. So for me, Dominion and What the Health were the things that clinched my husband. And it took my daughter. Um, our daughter is now vegan. and We've had our first vegan grandchild. <laughs> so even in the womb, um, she's only ever known vegan um, stuff. You know, she's on vegan formula now. Uh, she's now on obviously vegan, you know, um, cooked at home, cooked food. Um, but it took my daughter a year. Um, and she transitioned with, you know, the typical stuff like, you know, the burgers and mm. and pizzas and what have you. Um, But she's now, you know, proper home-cooked food, you know, she just, like, lives on vegetables, you know, doesn't like processed stuff. Um, Saying that, we did have a burger last night. We did have a Beyond Meat burger last (laughs) night. But, you know, like, she's just super healthy, you know, managed to navigate a whole pregnancy with midwives and health visitors telling her, oh, we're really worried about you, you're going to get in trouble, malnourished children, you know. And, you know, the baby now um, on the checks is... You know the highest percentile in height. You know, like p- picture perfect. You know, they used her scans as like you know benchmarks of how a healthy heart should look. So you know, as as it goes, um, yeah, it's it's She's all doing good. Doing all right. Yeah, so she she was within a year. So all three of us in the ha- all four of us in the house now are vegan. Yeah,
1: that's amazing. I I totally relate to the um, uh, health visitors and midwives and all that kind of conversation. Our, our little one uh, was vegan in the womb and same same uh same sort of thing lots of concern remember a gp saying to my wife kate um yeah you can't breastfeed and be vegan like just literally like matter of fact it was a statement and um you know kate kate did breastfeed and he was the chunky little boy and (laughs) healthy, and he's he's lovely and yeah perfect so yeah it's um it's it's it, it, there's definitely some outdated beliefs in that, and it's it, you know more power to you, your daughter and uh, for um, holding firm through that because it I think there's there's kind of one thing, isn't it, with, with your own health? You kind of think, well, my my morals can can um, you know they override any potential health detriments. Although we you know we all know there's lots of benefits, um, but it, it does feel like the stakes get higher when you when you have a, a little one involved. Um, so yeah, more power to her
0: yeah and to yours as well
1: (laughs) so um your your feelings on dominion and so on have sort of sparked a question in me um the way you show up is incredibly positive very happy the business is is literally in the name (laughs) um in vegan happy clothing um has it always been the, the case that you, that you've shown up with that positivity that you've seen that as the path into communicating your veganism to others, or have you gone through those stages like a uh, perfectly natural? We all, we all do where sort of you, you almost feel angry at the beginning, you know, if you think about the um, uh, Joey Carbstrong often gets criticized for that leading with that, it's then turned around in many of his, his sort of uh, videos, but leading with the kind of like the shock and the the anger kind of tactic to get people thinking differently um how how did you find that kind of process of working your way through those difficult emotions
0: it's a very good question <laughs> um yeah so so when i went vegan um and again i didn't mean to really set up a vegan clothing company like my background is not in retail at all um my background's in marketing so um but I just had this overwhelming feeling that I'd seen the light, you know, and I wanted yeah. to tell everyone there's a joke, isn't there about a vegan, that a vegan will tell you they're coming like five minutes before they're even there or something. I don't mm. know what it is, but, and that everyone knows <laughs> you're those. a vegan and we tell everyone and this sort of stuff. But I was super proud that I'd finally, after 50 years, actually got the message. Um, but then I thought it was about conversations. I thought, mm. you know, it's all about sparking conversation. Um, And what I felt would resonate with me would be like um, a softer logo. So all the things I could see at the time, and I've got to say this is a very much generalised view of at the time. This is five Mm -hmm. years ago. Um, Clothing has come on so much more now. Um, So all i could see at the time were things like um t-shirts with a man with a dagger on top of a cow and things like this and they've Mm. definitely got that place and i've even i've got that stuff um but for me i you know i was still going to meetings you know i still you know you know wanted to go out you know but wherever i went i wanted to wear something that would that someone would ask me you know oh i didn't know you were Mm. vegan or whatever so our logo is you know, I look at all the logos I like, you know, like all saints and all those sort of things. They're all Jack Wills. They're all subtle. They're all small. So I thought, you know, we will do design something monochrome, something subtle. So our logo is deliberately designed. So it's almost not unobtrusive, but, you know, it, it's just there. But but people do notice it. But, you know, it goes on like suit jackets. It goes on like, uh, I don't know. On clothing, you wouldn't really expect, you know. It, it's, it, you know, like I've I've worn one in the boardroom. You know, I had a meeting the other day and I took it off and I had a t-shirt on and someone asked me about it. So, you know, it's designed for that sort of stuff, really. You know, a lot of our customers get stopped in supermarkets. You know, like I've been asked about winter salad dressings more times than I can imagine. I don't I don't know anything about winter salads, <laughs> really? um, but yeah. So so it was just it was just it was more like it was it was just there really so people you know could wear it on you know a, a much wider range rather than just like the activism t-shirts um so so for me yeah it's all about veganism for me is all about positivity you know it's all about you know seeing the light helping others see the light you know helping make change um sparking conversations you know thought seeds you know and like almost like you look at like the seedling thing I think like, I look up vegan on emojipedia emojipedia, and it comes up with a seedling and that's mm. a really good analogy for it I think because veganism is like you know like a tree gonna grow because when you first start out you don't really know anything and then you like learn more and you learn much, so much more about nutrition mm. you know like we talk they people talk about deficits about nutrition but you know if you actually are if you look, I mean, I've just done a nutrition um, course as well, because, you know, I'm very conscious that, you know, I'm getting on a bit, you know, I'm 58 now. You know, I want to make sure that I have all those micronutrients and there's such small things that we can do. But, you know, so it's like this little seedling that grows into a tree. And that's what I look at it like. Um, but for no, vegan happy is all about being positive. It's all about um you know positive change you know and veganism Mm. you know it's about animals but it's about the world isn't it it's about the impact we have on the world about you know treading more carefully you know um being kinder to people you know one of our messages is devoted to kindness you know that's that's how we feel but talking about like the angry part of me um I didn't really get the angry part. My husband mm. has still got it. He got it at the beginning and he hasn't really got rid of it. He's just got that anger that people won't change. Um, I've got incredible sadness. You know, yeah. I've got this incredible sadness that, one, it took me so long that won't leave me. Like, again, I'm getting a little bit emotional saying this, but incredible sadness that, you know, that the world's not waking up quick enough, you know, like how how are we still doing this to animals when we know like you're such a strong vibrant human being that lives on vegetables you know i'm a strong mm. vibrant human being that lives on vegetables we don't need to do this torture anymore so i've got this incredible sadness um so i sort of like my outlet is i set up ex- um, something called exposing cruelty um right. i've got a beagle at home um i've always had beagles and um we donate 10% or more to um animal rescue. And it's a lot more, you know, I still not taken a salary out of, um, ex- um, out of vegan happy. And we've been going five years. So my husband goes mad at me. I keep giving the money away. <laughs> <laughs> um, I keep giving the money away or like, we'll invest it sort of thing. Um, but a customer said to me, an amazing customer said, um, who's a really big activist said, have you heard of like some, something called Camp Beagle? And we got involved in mm. Camp Beagle. Um, because they're using beagles in vivisection and we know that over 90% of animal testing just fails. It's just 2000 beagles a year wasted for no reason. Um, and, and 3 million other animals a year. So, you know, it's, you know, the beagles are the drop in the ocean, but that's what resonated with me. And I think, you know, most of us have got dogs at home. So I think that, you know, beagles are the conduit to getting people to look at vivisection. Yeah. So I set up exposing cruelty almost as my, um, as my outlet, if that makes sense, to, you know, vent my frustration, vent my anger, you know, you know, at the moment we're calling labs and the government murderers, you know, because they are murderers. Um, So, you know, I get to use my expletives and my, you know, my strong Mm. words on them. And, you know, certainly there's a lot to be angry about. If you're a vegan, there's a lot to be angry about, you know, the world isn't waking up, you know, we... Um, We did activism last weekend in London and the amount of people we did engage with some amazing people, but the amount of like ignorance and and the amount of just I can't be bothered is apathy is the main thing that is just so upsetting. And, And as we know, it's not just about the animals. It's about getting the world to wake up about, you know, so many things, you know climate change poverty homelessness in London I mean in in the world in the UK you know we've got people dying on streets you know and I think for me veganism isn't it is about the animals of course it is but it's about like being a better human you know it's about it's about the whole thing for me you know it's made me a better human you know a a kinder human um yeah like just just it, it's about more so so my anger it was really sadness and it won't leave me it's like a, it's a layer of me that won't go but I i I've worked with exposing cruelty and and that we, we we really I really feel that I really feel that vivisection is going to end you know in the mm. UK it's stopped in America It stopped in Europe. Surely the next government's got to do something to help it stop. So, I'm hoping. But yeah, that's why I farm it into exposing cruelty, and and there I can say and do what I like.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. So, when did when did Vegan Happy
0: start? Um, When did you found it? Over five years ago, in 2018.
1: Okay. Yeah. Was that quite shortly after you went vegan then?
0: Yeah, really short. A couple of months. So did you get a, maybe weeks did you have a fairly immediate
1: sense <laughs> for a couple of weeks did you have a fairly immediate sense that you needed to do more than just your own personal actions
0: Yeah so I'm I'm quite I'm quite impulsive um and I just I just felt instantly it wasn't enough um mm. so so what we say at vegan happy is that it is about like like we keep our prices really low like we could make much more like we've got some robes at the moment that are 100 quid these all weather robes they're 100 mm. quid under equivalence and the reason being is it's so important to us to have those messages out there and we see it as our activism you know part of our activism you know the more messages out there the more activism there is the more conversations that are happening and it was it was really important I mean it started out really selfishly that I couldn't find what I wanted to wear um and with my with my marketing side we used to do um merchandise like cups and hoodies and things like that so I thought oh I wonder if I could just like do some of that stuff for me. And then I thought, oh, I'm just going to set up a little shop. And I designed a wick shop, <clears throat> excuse me, which is still going to this day. And I literally did it over a week. So I think it was weeks after I'd gone vegan. And I just thought, <laughs> yeah, I needed to do more. And I think that's what I feel at the moment. Like my family do say to me, you need to stop and you need to have a weekend, but there's so much to be done. You know, uh, there's so much to be done. There's so much to be done. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. going of do
1: it, Talking of more to be done and talking of what you've done recently. So you had a, uh, a competition. Uh, i'm right in saying tell us about that whole competition and the the winners and so on and so forth
0: yeah so we had we had another idea which was to find the face of vegan happy so um apparently when you have a brand because i didn't i never expected to have a fashion brand never never expected to have a a, what's called a brand ever (laughs) you know here we are five years later and we're still going and we're like completely in shock and completely hugely (laughs) grateful to the people that support us um so we thought well we better get serious about this um and apparently what you're do is to develop like brand personas which is like, you know, try and try and like, you know, um sum up in people who your brand would be, for example Would I be Margot, who's like 55 and likes going to the shops or whatever? So I thought, well, why don't we just find our brand? So the idea was to find our brand, find people that embody what we feel vegan happy is. So we had some age brackets. So uh, so our age range really for demographics is probably middle middle, um, 35 to 55, Mm -hmm. you know, predominantly women. So we thought, you know. We want to find 18 to 30, 31 to 50, and then 50 plus. And we didn't just look for looks, you know, we looked for, you know, it was completely open to any gender, any race, any size. We wanted like completely the whole spectrum if we could, if we could find it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so what came back was over 700 entries. Wow. It was ridiculous. Huh. It was ridiculous. Huh. So we were lucky enough to have Juliet Galatly, founder of Viva, um, Holly Johnson, editor of Vegan Food and Living, Karen Ridges, who's, um, basically has a PR company that only works for ethical brands. Um, and we had Heather Small, who's the voice of M People, who yeah. people don't know. She's been like, a vegan for over 30 years. So we had some amazing judges, but we had 700 entries. So it was just ridiculous to, you know, like even trying, we, you know, whittle it down. It was, it took, I think, four judging layers. It was just crazy oh. because obviously we're not just looking for pretty faces. You know, we're looking for, I don't know. Yes. A, I, I call it a light inside them. We found everyone we chose had a light and we didn't know what we were looking for, but like it jumped at us. So mm-hmm. everyone, we, everyone we chose have has a light, an inner light. Yeah. It's amazing. Oh.
1: That's that's awesome. What what a cool thing. So you've you've found them now and so what, what's next for them they will they will be incorporated into your into the business in terms of uh they'll, they'll show up on your your socials and that sort of thing
0: yeah so um so instantly what they do is they get like a, a huge bundle of gifts so they can go into the website and choose their bundles so they got immediately hundreds of pounds worth of goodies um we've got um a massive feature coming up in vu magazine which is a fashion magazine so for like a high fashion magazine to feature ve- a vegan yeah. story is and like in the editor of fashion of the the magazine is uh Kareen dudden and finn is um studden and finn i think is um they're actually not vegan um right and neither is the photographer shane finn so for them to feature i think we've got like 10 pages in it which is wow it's not it's a high fashion non-vegan magazine it's just outstanding what they did but she said she'd never actually been touched so much by a story so you know again that's mm. planting thought seeds and things like that so we've got a massive feature in Vue magazine um And what we do is we like cross collaborate so for example yesterday we on Vegan Happy we really try and keep things positive but yesterday I shared um, one of our winners is Antonia Willans who actually is one of the actresses that feature in a lot of the Viva adverts right. um, she's been I don't know if you've seen it but she's doing such amazing activism where um, they're working with speciesism.wtf where they're hooked up as milking machines women hooked up as milking mm, machines Yeah. and they were, they're like an art installation outside art galleries we reshared that because Antonia was one of the women in this in in the installation we tend to keep things really positive but that's such powerful activism we shared it so what we do is we cross we cross collaborate and we cross share Um, uh, another one Annette Wardell who is the chief um, solo sopranoist at the uh, British national English national opera Um, talk about superstar Um, (laughs) she did something at a place called Dr Legumes in Folkestone last week and we support her. So we, you know, we did all the clothing for the the crew. You know, we did aprons and T-shirts so that she can shine there. And, you know, the crew's all kitted out with staff. And so we're doing like quite a, quite a lot of cross-collaboration. And and something that's um, new, and they all got advent calendars, and they got to Christmas, and they're all going to get <laughs> Christmas gifts and things like this. But what they don't know, which is actually going to be revealed on your show, on your podcast, is we're not going to have a face of vegan happy again. They are so amazing. They're going to be lifelong ambassadors. So we're actually oh, wow. going to stay with them because we actually feel like we've created a family and I don't want to get rid of my family. So everyone that's actually already in the family, we will keep um, and we'll work with them. Um, they're such amazing activists. They're such amazing people that we're actually not going to run it again. I, we're going to work with them as lifelong ambassadors, um, yeah that's that's amazing
1: that's news yeah so cool yeah cool and good good on them and it sounds like you've got some real kind of um yeah like some real diversity in terms of their interests and their passion points and their the way they show up in their activism and yeah it sounds very cool I'm looking for I'm going to be chatting to some of them on the the show so I'm I'm kind of really looking forward to that that'd be awesome Uh, I've got a question about vegan happy more broadly um and that's that's around like the you mentioned you are obviously from a marketing background, hadn't hadn't necessarily been in the kind of retail world and so on. And fashion is littered with uh, environmental challenges, the the fast fashion elements and so on, uh, and animal products showing up in different parts of supply chains where even sometimes the the buyers and the the companies selling them can't necessarily, uh, you know. They can't necessarily specify whether something's had uh, an animal product in it and so on and so forth. How have you found navigating those choppy waters of the fashion world with uh, you know a, a a vegan ethical brand like vegan happy
0: yeah it's really it's really difficult so um when we started, all we could do was go with uh, Peter approved products. So Mm -hmm. everything we did was just like Peter approved. And we thought, right, well, they've done that work for us. Um, Mm -hmm. And still a lot of our range. Now we only do Peter approved products. Um, We've, was it last I don't know if it was last year or the year before we started making some of our own stuff we don 't make a lot of our own stuff. we do make some of our own stuff, and then that's a whole new ball game which takes <laughs> which takes about eighteen months of like research and work, and you know we probably get like thirty emails a day saying, "Can we work with you but you know my first question is oh, yeah, can you make me a leather jacket? And they say, oh, yeah, of course you can. And I say, well, block, you know. So that's always my question. It's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking for leather jackets. Um, and it just weeds people out. So if anyone, you know, and then um, we started looking at collectives and factories that only work with sustainable brands. They only they only do sustainable stuff, which is which is where we're at now. But it is, it is really difficult. You know, we've got an all-weather robe at the moment that's produced in a sustainable factory, but, you know, even for us, that still has an element of microplastic in it, which we're not happy mm. about. It's the only way to make it waterproof, but we're still, it's not perfect. It's not perfect, but there's still like, you know, no, no, it's a completely vegan process. You know, it's a sustainable factory, yeah. you know, um, and the whole, the whole supply chain, you know, it comes straight, straight to me. You know, we're 100% vegan. Um, we have a, an outside decoration company as well, and they only use vegan, like, you know, inks and vegan materials. And I actually, um, they completely went vegan as a result of us. So, oh, um, wow. yeah. So like they were using some, some, you know, silk elements and now they don't. So yeah, the whole supply chain is a hundred percent vegan, but it is difficult because, you know, you're always faced with like mounting costs, um, mm. and things like that, you know, like we run it like not great margin, you know, but it, like I say, it's really important that we've got those messages out there, but, and also, like, money's tight right now. People haven't got the money. You know, like, yeah. it's, we, we'd rather have something out there than than make a huge amount of profit and go on holiday. Do you know what I mean? Sort of thing. But no, the supply chain is difficult. So we started out with just choosing Peter approved products because it was the only way that we knew that it was guaranteed to be checked out, if you like. It is yeah. difficult.
1: Yeah yeah and in terms of the design of the products i mean like you say simplicity is the the kind of the key with the logo and so on and so forth how how have you gone about that process like is it in-house design do you do you commission folks how how does it work
0: i mean i'd love to find a designer here's a shout out i'd love to find (laughs) a designer we could work with i mean this is one that i've gotten at the moment which is i don't know if you can see it which is our vegan happy original sort of thing yeah that's really nice that's, that's sort of like the furthest we go and like devoted to kindness are like big logos. We did do like, um, some graffiti stuff. I quite like the whole graffiti style. That's, that's going to make a reemergence. I'm not quite sure it's right for our demographic, but I'm going to try and push for it. And, but yeah, we'd love to, we'd love to like work with some good, you know, fresh young designers on some designs, but at the moment it's pretty much in house. Um, you know, uh, people we know i've got a designer on my marketing side anyway that we work with but you know we're not edgy designers i'd love to find a young fresh designer that would like to work (laughs) with us that would be awesome you know we did reach out before but nothing really came of it but we'd love to work with some you know fresh young designers but and the clothing some of it again it's still peter peter manufactured so the styling we deliberately choose things that look classic and we also pick things that are going to last what we don't want Mm. is fast fashion it's going to fall fall apart that is not what we want you know we want things that are going to wash well uh, sorry wash well wear well um it's really important to us that you know people can buy these things and and they're going to be here in five years time i'm still wearing a jacket one of our snowbird jackets that i bought five years ago so you know it's really important and also on another note um we have a hundred percent five star rating on google a hundred percent because if anything goes wrong or say so for example a scene comes undone or something like that we'll say that shouldn't have happened it's only three months old keep that and sew it and you wear it for dog walking we'll send you a new one so we put it i learned that in business put it spectacularly right but it's very often very um infrequently things go wrong but i think it's really important that people know that they've got a garment for life and if not we will we will sort it out really
1: that's incredible that's that's really really kind of um uh you know an awesome kind of mission to be on I love that kind of, uh, get it, what was the phrase? Get it spectacularly right. Yeah, spectacularly right. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, that's fantastic. It's a great way (laughs) to put it. I love it. Um, yeah. So, so, so when, when you think about the, the, the fashion world generally, as we just talked about, I, I, I see a lot of, um, well, for want of a better word, greenwashing, I suppose, out there in the, the kind of wider world, the big brands and so on. There's a lot of, uh, the word vegan being thrown around within the high street chains and so on. And often, I mean, you mentioned they're trying to eliminate um, microplastics and so on out of your range completely. There's a lot of the big brands that would probably lean into that kind of thing as like, well, it's cheap. We can slap the word vegan on it. That's not policed properly anyway, um, so on and so forth. How how do folks go about navigating that? You know, from from your wider experience, what what advice would you give to the kind of consumer in navigating this kind of world where there's an increasing amount of greenwashing?
0: Yeah, so, so, I mean, a lot of people say to me, what makes vegan clothing? And like, as we know, a lot of clothing can be vegan anyway. You know, Mm. our thing is that we we want the logo to spark a conversation. That's why ours is you know we, we have the vegan logo on it um, a lot of clothing's vegan anyway you know i'm i'm massively big on you know charity shops if you can upcycle and don't buy new then do that you know don't mm. don't don't buy from us you know but you know um gift to someone else you know let, let's let's reduce consumption but if you need things um you know buy ethically the the problem is a lot of the vegan stuff is um it is fast fashion you know um, yeah. so then you're looking at your supply chain isn't vegan so going back to it veganism isn't just about in animals, it's about the people. You know, it's about the world. Yeah. So if you're looking at, you know, something like a pair of shoes made for twenty quid, you can't make a pair of shoes for twenty quid. That's just not possible. So, although it's vegan, is it ethical? Mm. And this is where, it, you know, it is vegan because there's no animal products and there's no animal glue. But is it ethical? And this, yeah, like you said, there's a dilemma. So it might be vegan, but it's not ethical. So, yeah. so we. <sighs> We don't like the idea of five. five. That's, that's why we hope if, if someone buys one hoodie from us and it lasts five years, we've done our job, you know. Um, mm-hmm. but, but yeah, I think there are a lot of brands, brands jumping on it. And I'm also quite glad they're jumping on it. You know, for example, yeah. like New Look um, have got a whole vegan range that they're doing. Fantastic that you're doing something that doesn't involve animal products um i actually applaud that you know i applaud anyone that's doing anything vegan but at the same time it is a bit like greenwashing because you know they're still paying people obviously no money to get that product made for the money they're making it for and i do think that we do need to look at the whole ethical process of how we make things how we consume how we make things how we live our lives um because because it's, it's everything's got to change you know everything's got to change so i agree with you about greenwashing funny enough actually i got interviewed recently um by a guy um, and I thought he was a student at Manchester University and he's not he was actually a professor and he was right. actually doing um a, a study on on it was basically he he lectures on retail brands which I didn't okay. which I didn't know but it, <laughs> it this this whole story was crossing into activism and you know retail brands and everything and he said a lot of actual vegan brands actually don't put their vegan so um because there's a negative association to it mm. and I was like that was an interesting thought process because for me that was the reason why I wanted to do it you like to like negate any negative associations to it you know to show that we're not all hippies to show that there's this modern side to you know fashion and life and you know um I don't like the word fashion actually fashions i don't know fashion <laughs> i think means fleeting but you know what I mean don't you yeah. like you know like a, a twist like we like to think that we're classic clothing with a twist sort of thing but you know we're with stuff that could last you 20 years, um, you know, like I'm going to send you a hoodie afterwards. We're going to make it like completely, oh. <laughs> completely you. We can, you can, oh. but um, you know, it's, it's, yeah, we've got to change, you know, but, but when you said a lot of people aren't using the word vegan in their vegan fashion, I was like, that's a real shame, really. You know, um, yeah. or, or even, even in their messaging, you know, they're shying away from it. Cause I think unless we discuss, then we won't change.
1: Yeah, Shame. it's a really interesting point. I think you see a lot with, um, in the kind of food space as well, don't you? Where there's a kind of move away in some respects from the word vegan because it sort of has these connotations that non vegan folks may not be comfortable with. And so I, I kind of get both arguments in a way. Like, on one side, I think, oh, it's great that, you know, if, if an, if a non vegan kind of feels comfortable going to Deliciously Ella's restaurant and, is almost unaware that it's that it's vegan until they've they have a conversation with maybe one of their sort of friends who's who's with them and then find out it is and then they sort of feel a bit more you know there's a kind of gentle approach into it but then on the other hand i think we shouldn't shy away from the word vegan and discuss it and debate it and keep changing what it you know it's not changing its definition but sort of reaffirming its definition because i think you know to the point about what is you know if i go to new look that says the word vegan on it what does that actually mean what does that mean to new look versus what does it mean to me and am i comfortable with their definition yeah i think we need to debate that and if the word's not there then it can be easy to not th- discuss that
0: i think you're absolutely right and i think i go back to the fact that when i went vegan it was not for the animals now it mm. is only for the animals you know like every minute of every waking day i think H- how can i help make change you know like um, I'm up early doing a video about vivisection. You know, I'm up early trying to... Mm. We've got a big festival next year um, that's going to raise money for a sanctuary. You know, every... but it's it's a chance for activists and vegans to come together to discuss how how can we do more you know how can we make Mm. change happen faster you know you know i'm 58 now you know vivisection's got to end soon i'm not going to live to like 200. i mean i've got to make this happen um but you're right about the vegan thing you know it is it can be just a label and it's it's a whole um it's in every fiber of your being isn't it if you're if i I believe Mm. It's almost like I, I call it like a surface vegan. I think I encounter some people, it's probably very contentious now, but I'm going to say it. I encounter people <laughs> that are like what I call like surface vegans that just say they are, you know, and it's mm. because they don't eat meat. Um, but then I'm thinking, well, get off your bum and do something. You know, like there are so many animal shelters, you know, they're, they're, they're going through their, their really harsh period now. Don't just give money, go and, go and see them, you know, su- you know, support them with the physical time, you know, and I think that... Um, yeah, I think I I think there's a lot of surface vegans, and if all those mm. vegans actually, you know, and I hate to say it, my husband's one of them. You know, my husband's one of these people that his view is that nothing's going to change, and I keep saying this in interviews, out in him, and mm. <laughs> but he thinks nothing's going to change. He thinks I'm wasting mm. my time, and I'm like, well, and he sits on the sofa, thinks, you know, and rages at the world. But I'm like, well, I'm I'm not sitting on the sofa raging at the world. I'm actually trying to change the world, whether I achieve it or not. Time will tell, but the point is I've got to try. And I think that for me is what veganism is, is wanting to do more, you know? And and I say to people now, um, whenever I get asked to do like a quick speech, it's always about activism. And it's always about um, people say, oh, I wish I could do more. I wish I could be more active. I wish I could be an activist like you. And I say, have you got a laptop? And they say, yes. I say, right, while you're watching Coronation Street, five minutes, share petitions, share posts, Share social media. Pa- social media is a secret weapon. I say you do, the, the definition of activism has changed. You can do mm. so much by sitting on your sofa, sharing. You know, writing to your MP. You know, there's so much that people can do that it, you don't even need to get cold anymore. You know, if you don't want to go outside, you know, there's so much people can do. And I think that's for me is I, I wish people would would probably like wake up just a bit more and just do just do a bit more.
1: Yeah, like you say, there's so many ways that you can do these things on your own terms. You know, like activism. I think in in sort of the the, the kind of the almost the, the if you showed the picture of the in, next to the definition to folks, they sort of they view somebody doing street activism or they see somebody at a march or a protest. And for some people, you know that that may not be where they're where they're at. You know, emotionally or or or, or uh, mentally or physically or, or whatever. Whereas I think there are so many different methods, like like you say. I mean, I I was was brought. You've just made me think about um, a simple one about plant based treaty. They they'll uh, provide you with like a, a template letter you can send to your local council and i and i did this on a whim and then i was amazed at how many of them came back and you know how many of the local council and started asking questions about well we've never seen this before what is it like you know and, and that kind of thing and it sparked a conversation that i wasn't expecting to to be in and and it was literally 30 seconds of my time to hit send on a template email that was already done um, and I just needed to fill in the, the email addresses you know so there's, there's so many ways we can show up now I think I think it's kind of you're so right and to you to the point about I get that sort of feeling of um, you know well I'm not going to be able to make a change but I, I think I think we're kind of without this is an incredibly cheesy way to put this but I can't think of a better way to put it now that you know it, it everyone's sort of there doing their individual kind of snowflake type action and um you know collectively it makes the avalanche you know i think we we sometimes like in our kind of very individualized world we expect a superhero you know we we think well if you can't personally shift the the needle on your own then what's the point point? and i think well we've lost that kind of idea of community actually we we'll all shift it together and I might not even be able to see what the impact I'm having, if any, um, but collectively we, we'll have an impact. And I think you're, you're, you're so right for just looking for different avenues. That, was what, that sense I really get from your the way you show up is, you know, wh- where's the next avenue that I can show up in? Where, where can I turn up and make a positive impact? And I think that's, you know, that to me is a, a life well lived. Why, that, why, why not? If you've got a choice of do that or don't do it, why not do it?
0: yeah exactly i mean going back to the collaboration um in in uh, so vivisection is what it's not the only thing we do we support sanctuaries and we do lots of Mm. stuff but um (coughs) vivisection is probably the thing that we we focus on because um that's what got me into activism um but we try and collaborate with other activism groups and in vivisection and they don't want to and i'm like it, it makes sense to come together it makes sense mm. to come together, you know. A group together is stronger. We've all got our different influences. Let's come together. Let's work together. And it just—it isn't possible. So you're absolutely right about this snowflake thing. You know, we're all individually trying to do something. Whereas if we all came, excuse me, came together, we'd achieve so much more, so much quicker. Mm. But it's just you know, ego gets in the way, or 100%. you know, this is the way we've always done it, or or, or, or whatever. Um, but but you know everyone's trying to do something, you know, like we we look at there's vivisection Expos that' have been doing it a long time and other groups. And and what people say is like, yeah, but I don't like that. I'm like, I love anyone that's doing anything. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? Anything like you write in letters, plant-based treaty. Plant-based treaty are awesome. You know, and there's, we've got a new political party that's set up now. Just aimed at getting people to go plant based and aiming for a vegan future. They said that we're probably not going to get any seats, but we're going to get it on the table. Yeah. So, 100%. Amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It reminds me actually of um, something I had uh, Dr. Alex Lockwood on a while back, and he was talking about um, the work he's been doing with the Vegan Society and kind of essentially making like a, a ready made set of uh, policies that they could hand to. The, to a government and say, "This is how you would do it. This is how you would change uh, our current food system to a plant-based system." So, you know, rather than "here's the problem," you know, the animal agriculture is this, this, and this. It's here's the problem, and here's the here's the solution to it. You, there is actually a way forward. And um, he and and I talked to him about disagreement. You know, said how how challenging is it to sit around the table with you know, conservative MPs and, and MPs that um, you don't necessarily have a, a common agreement with. And he said, you know, if we can find 80% of agreement, then we're, we're on to a winner. If, they've completely, if we completely polarise on 20%, so be it. But it, there's 80% of kind of common agreement in most subjects that we can find, and then we can work with that to overcome the rest of it. I think we've kind of... I don't want to say lost the art of that, but sort of forgotten the art of that, I think, in our kind of like social media world. Like going back to the very beginning of this conversation, talking about sound bites, we're so desperate to find the sound bite. Um, and the soundbite is often has to it has to draw attention. It has to get the algorithm's attention, you know. And so it's almost like such a diluted, simplified message. Then it causes conflict, and and the algorithm loves the conflict. So it, we we're in this perpetual kind of like cycle. And and I think we can we can break that by just sort of you know whenever I have a conversation with somebody in person. Funny enough, even if I completely disagree with them sort of politically and ethically, I can get along with them and we can find some common ground. But online, somehow, that's very difficult. So <laughs> yeah. we have to sort of ask that question, well, why is that? And, um, and and get more, I think, just get more face-to-face, get more in rooms uh, and, and be comfortable with the disagreement more. So, yeah, I, I love that point he made, uh, you know, and it's sort of stuck with me. It, it, can I find 80% agreement with you? And if, if the rest doesn't work out, fine. <laughs> so,
0: he sounds amazing.
1: <laughs> it's, it's a good episode. It's well worth well worth listening to. And he's got his own podcast as well, which is which is uh fantastic. Which isn't about veganism per se, yeah. um but it's it's actually about um uh like, like the pa- pa- the patriarchy in architecture. Okay. It's, yeah, so it's like how he's he's walking the streets of Newcastle and looking at all of that so you can like it's like a sort of um a, a great audio experience you can kind of hear the the streets and so on and he's sort of giving you a guided tour and he's saying you know that building was built by such and such and uh and it represents this and this is how it was designed and this and so on and so forth and you can see like these physical symbols of the patriarchy in our major cities wow and it's just like mind-blowing <laughs> very intelligent guy oh my god
0: I'll, I'll have a look i'll check it out straight away thank you yeah
1: i'll put a link in the show notes um, yeah thank you because i can't remember off the top of my head what it's called shift and signal that's what shift it's called and shift and signal by uh, dr alex lockwood so it's a short series it's not like an ongoing podcast it goes on forever it's like you know he's a he's a kind of university professor so it's a it's a thing it's like an extended lecture and it's done um, amazing but well worth listening to because these things are all interconnected in my in my view so you know it's it's fascinating fascinating anyway <laughs> this is me waffling No, on. i love it
0: i love it i love
1: it <laughs> <laughs> So, Laurie, it's been been amazing chatting with you. Where would folks go to find out a bit more about Vegan Happy Clothing and your other work as well?
0: Yeah, so um, the website is veganhappyclothing.co.uk and all our socials are at veganhappyclothing. And Exposing Cruelty is exposingcruelty.com. And we've got something at the moment. We're trying to grow what we call our Beagle Rescue Army. So if anyone wants to sign up to help us with our Beagle Rescue Army, um, that would be great.
1: Amazing. I'll pop links in the show notes as well so folks can... Uh, folks can find them and get involved in that i hope they do um and i look forward to chatting to the winners of your your recent competition as well that's going to be amazing too so uh for listeners look out for those upcoming podcasts after this one
0: thank you so much
1: thank you